1: Follow us on Instagram at FromTheShadowsPodcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put FromTheShadowsPodcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at OdysseyOne.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page it can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, Let's get this episode started.
2: Hey, all you From the Shadows podcast listeners, uh, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. At
3: least I do. Uh, Judge to be all inclusive because I know we have a lot of diverse listeners. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and for our European listeners, the Winter Solstice. Jason, the producer. <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas, everybody, from Jason, the producer. From
2: Jason, the producer. So we we want to thank you guys for joining us if you're listening today because we know it's Christmas. Uh, Hope you guys have a very happy holidays, very Merry Christmas, and we'll even be back next week with a brand-new episode to start off the new year. Absolutely. So we hope you get everything you want under the tree, and we hope this episode tops it all off.
1: Don't drink too much eggnog either.
2: Well, we hope this this episode is better than the than a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club.
3: If you have a chance, pick up a bottle of Evil Spirit Smash liquor. <laughs> it makes a great stocking stuffer. Mix, it is, <laughs> <Okay>. stocking <laughs> stuffer. All right, thanks. coming
1: from our resident mixologist yeah. here.
2: Yes. Thanks again. Happy holidays from the uh, from the Shadows Podcast crew. And enjoy the episode. Take care. Take care. Welcome, everybody, to the From the Shadows podcast, and deep in the bowels of the From the Shadows podcast studios, this evening, I'm joined by the judge.
3: Greetings. Greetings. (laughs) That's that's terrible. I've been working on it. I planned it all day, and then you put all that pressure on me for an introduction. Well, I'm sorry. No, hey, the, the, the judge is feeling better. I've been sick as a dog, and today's really the first day I've been feeling better, so my voice is back, so I'm excited to be here. Excited with a really cool guest and a really cool super producer, as you know, as Jason the Super Producer. Salutations, everyone. Ooh, he switched that up. He
4: switched that up. He took my
1: my tagline. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. He's my buddy, so we can do that. (laughs) So we are joined today
2: by the host of the Liminal Bliss podcast, the Michigan chapter representative of the North American Dogman Project. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, I had, had to throw that in. <laughs> um, prolific author, and I think her latest book is, um, well, Mothman and Other Flying Creatures of the Midwest. And another one that I'm familiar with is the Lake Monsters and Odd Creatures of the Great Lakes. Um, the fabulous Sheitan Noir.
5: Dun, 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 dun. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Was that hey, was that? So not, to, not, not to correct you, but my podcast is Into the Liminal oh, Abyss. Oh, my god! Paranormal podcast. Holy so, smokes. Wow.
2: Into <laughs> the liminal abyss?
5: Yes. Well, liminal means a place between places, and abyss, of course, is... Uh, a, a very uh, wide spectrum area that uh, you can fill a lot of stuff with. So,
2: well, the sad thing is, is that since I've been a guest on that podcast, you'd think I know what the name of It's
5: <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> oh
2: boy. I, I was just going by my notes, and of course, and, I, the secret and...
3: to his life is low expectations. Yes,
2: low, ex- low expectations. <laughs> even lower expectations. So, <laughs> but but even with all those accolades. We we have you on today for one very cool subject that we've never talked about on this show. True, 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 and I don't know how much any of us even know about it. So we're here to get schooled and
3: uh, kind of let our listeners get a new perspective yeah. on things. Well, from the Shadows Podcast, you know we try to we try to get all things supernatural, paranormal, or cryptid, and you know, a a big fan of the Travel Channel, and I've seen Terror in the Woods and Monsters and Mystery and all these different things, and they had an episode on lizard people. And I watched Mm -hmm. it, and I was blown away by the subject matter because I knew so little about it Mm -hmm. and heard so little about it, and then you do a little bit of research, and you find out there's this whole genre of, and I don't know really... We got the expert here tonight. She'll tell us whether it's a cryptid or something else. I'm not going kind to of spoil it for you, but what a really cool subject matter. And for people out there who are thirsting for the unknown, this is a great topic. It's, it's, and if you haven't guessed, it's lizard people. Yes. Lizard people. Lizard people. <laughs> and, and when I first heard about the topic area, well, you know, you, you got that lizard people, and then you start to hear about it, and then you start to hear about the eye counts and then you start understanding the historical aspect of it, and it just will blow you away. I feel like I'm on the Gemini at Cedar Point. I'm about <laughs> to push Gemini. The Gemini? That's so remember. 1970s. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. That's the last time I was on. the last
2: time you were on a roller coaster. But account.
3: I literally feel like I'm about to pull that bar against my waist, and we're going up that big hill, <laughs> and, and She-Tan she is about to take us down the hill and you're going to get that sinking feeling in your gut and you're going to be scared I got a feeling because I tell you what after I saw the monsters and mystery and I started thinking about it it started creeping me out so
1: so you want to take a ride (laughs)
5: ladies and gentlemen please fasten your seat if you are over this tall, I'm raising my hand up, you are allowed to ride the ride. Please keep all hands and arms, legs, hats, everything else inside the passenger car. At all here times. here we go.
3: <laughs> here we go. Without further ado, here we go. Do it. That's it.
5: Awesome. So um, we're going to talk about other people. And I usually phrase it as, are they a extinct? Not extinct, but extinct. Species Meaning a species that we thought went extinct, but it's still living to this day, um, such as like the coelacanth and and creatures of that nature. Or is it an ancient alien or could it possibly be a crossover between the two? Now, the interesting thing about the lizard um, people or lizard creatures is we actually do have a very modern day report. And I would say modern day because it is... um, uh late 1980s, uh which very much falls into you know our 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 modern time of technologies, communications, travel. And so it's very interesting because this report um it was made by a 17 year old uh Christopher Davies or Davis and he reported that um he had gotten a flat tire and he had pulled over. Now, this happened to happen near the, um, a swampy area where he lived, uh, the scrape ore um, swamps. So as he's changing the, the tire on his vehicle, he hears what he's assuming is somebody running um, up behind him. Uh, so he quickly looks up and he notices this creature quickly approaching him. So he gets back into his vehicle, and he tries to flee the area, but this creature proceeds to jump onto the roof of his car and is holding on. And he said that it was um, not like anything he had ever seen before. He described it as a lizard man with green, wet-like, scaly skin. Um, It had three-fingered hands. It stood over seven feet tall and it had red eyes. Now this creature had grabbed jumped onto the hood of his vehicle and was holding on. so something with a seven foot wingspan or you know seven feet tall probably has just as is um, long of an arm. so it, you you can you know picture the seven foot tall creature holding onto the the top of the roof of his car. So as he's fleeing, he he takes a sharp corner and the creature tumbles off. So he gets home and he's so panicked that he tells his parents. And they, in turn, have him re- report this to Sheriff Liston Truesdale. Now, this would not be the one and only report that Sheriff Truesdale would receive over the next uh, six weeks. He would do, receive several more reports, but he did go out and he checked uh First car, there was scrapes, there was claw marks on the roof of the car, um, and also Christopher was able to pass a lie detector test. Now, this is a 17 year old boy who probably doesn't know too much about. I mean, in today's day and age, uh, a three year old could pass a lie detector test, um, but at that time in the in is that true Judge,
3: that a three year old could. <sighs> I don't have any professional expertise in that area. I have to defer. Okay. <laughs>
5: Um, so, you know, he, he was being very, very honest. But the fact is, we there are more reports that came from that area. And so um, Sheriff Truesdale did have a case report for a odd creature that was in the swampy areas and coming up onto the roads in that area. Now, some people are saying, oh, it was it was an alligator or a crocodile or um, it was just some teenage kids, you know, messing around. But when you think about it, it, it it would be for for a six foot tall person, it would be quite an effort if you were in one of those old style, nineteen eighties nineteen seventies cars that had the lot la- larger um, roofs, you know, space on them. That would be quite a feat to try to you know hold on wearing gloves with claws on them um, to the sides of the 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 hood of the car or to the the front windshield of the car and not getting thrown off. And yet this creature was able to do this until Christopher took a shot, a couple tarp- sharp turns in and was able to fling him off the vehicle. A seven foot tall creature with a equal um, appropriate arm measurement would have been able to do that a lot easier.
3: Well, I and so She-Tan, I remember she tan seeing the interview with, with Sheriff Truesdale and yeah. it's pretty obvious that he did not think that this was a hoax. He did not think that this no. was something that was made up. And I think the important parts of the story, and I know you're just glossing over them for us, but is that the, that the kid's car was broke down, that the thing yeah. was running out of the swamp, bipedal, and that assuming that someone was trying to pull a prank, and people pull pranks, they put gorilla suits on, and they try to yep. scare people. The topography of the land would not have lent itself to somebody being in the swamp just waiting for happenstance for some <laughs> yeah. kid to have coming down right. at night and his car to break down. I mean, it would just be just foolish. And and, and keep in mind, wh- where this happened is swampy land. There are, there are crocodiles or alligators, whatever the indigenous creatures. Yeah. If you were an idiot and put on a, a silly suit and was sitting out there hoping to scare some kid whose car would happen to break down, you'd probably be You'd probably be attacked and killed either by the by the poisonous snakes, by the alligators. By right. I mean, it would be insane. Wild
5: hogs, Wild yeah. Hogs,
3: and the thing about it is, is that if you would have put on a suit as cumbersome as what that suit would have been, there's no way that thing could have ran and got onto the car like it did.
5: Right, right. So,
3: you know, Sheriff Truesdale, I, from watching his interviews, is perfectly like, He does not think this was a hoax. He doesn't no, think he, this was he somebody didn't. in a suit. And he does not think that this kid was making it up because, you know, in the law, we talk about this all the time, that there's direct evidence and there's circumstantial evidence. You know, the direct evidence is that says the kid said he saw it. The circumstantial evidence is that the markings on the car were consistent with what the kid said. The kid's dad didn't believe he was making it up. And the interesting thing about it was the kid's dad believed him and took him to the sheriff's department to file an actual report. Right. You know, my dad, you know, and, and maybe when we were younger, it would have been you know, you'd have got off the belt. Yeah, my dad. But, you know, so you, you you wrecked, wrecked the, the car you wrecked a car and the car car. And a lizard man,
1: you <laughs> <laughs> lizard
3: man, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man, exactly. So so I remember hearing that story and I and I wasn't familiar with that and it, and it really scared me because I thought, man, this is not a hoax thing. And then as you were saying, there were multiple reports of other people seeing yeah. the same thing.
5: And this this isn't just – we don't just have reports from uh, that area, Bishopville, uh, South Carolina. We actually have reports from like Evansville, Indiana with um, uh, at least one report of a woman being attacked while she was swimming. um, a, A creature grabbed onto her leg, and she said it had a hand with claws and pull, you know, was trying to pull her under. So there's, there's a lot of different reports. Um, now the question, you know, that everybody asks is, is it the same kind of creature that we don't know? Because, you know, we're still collecting, you know, reports, um, with, with, you know, the Bigfoots, we can say, Oh yeah. you yeah, know, If it's, if it's eight foot tall and it's covered in hair, um, and it doesn't have a, a uh, snout or you know, protruding ears uh, that are standing up, you're probably looking at a Bigfoot. And depending on what part of the country or your world you're in, it's going to be you know, these set of colors and it's going to have these characteristics. Um, with, with the lizard men, um, there's a lot of give and take right there because it really depends on what area you're in that you're encountering them that um, you know the descriptions are usually it's it's a tall bipedal creature with uh, scaly skin, but it kind of ranges from black to green to gray, um, with black eyes or red eyes, and so we get these you know we get these different descriptions, and so you're kind of wondering okay could this be a dinosaur species, uh, particularly the the truodont, um. Or is it one of the ancient aliens, like the the reptoids, or the um, you know the creatures that are similar like that? Uh, or is it a blend of the two, where they you know found each other compatible for breeding, and that's kind of where the you know the route that they took? Um, really, it's it, it's interesting because the the encounters that people have either the 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 creatures acting very predatory. With you know, like Christopher had experience down in in uh, uh, South Carolina, um, or with the the uh, lady who got pulled under in Miami, uh, the Miami River in uh, the Ohio uh, um, Miami you know, the,
3: River. The interesting thing about that story about the lady in the river was. That someone from was it the Air Force showed up a couple yeah. of days later and interviewed her and basically said, "Hey, look, don't tell anybody this story."
5: <laughs> yeah, and, and you wonder if they, they do that almost uh, to to make it even more intriguing, or if they do that just to cut um, down on panic.
2: Well, the well what. Comes to mind. I mean,
5: that, why, would the that, so why would the air force? Why would
2: the air First of all, why would the? Air- How would the air force know? Okay, is it like uh, the sheriff's departments are- around the country are are monitoring reports? Are, are instructed no, no, to this- call the air force if you get a lizard man report?
5: Well, this this uh, the the case in point with the with the um, this is Darwin Johnson and. In a small town like that, word travels very fast. So she wasn't the only witness to this. Her her friend and her children were all there. And so when one person tells another person, suddenly you've got, you know, it, it's a, a um, just a, a continuous cycle. That person will tell three more people. Those people will tell three more people. And suddenly you've got 100 people who know this story, and it, it happened two days ago. So that's how the word-of-mouth effect um, spreads with this, and suddenly people are starting to panic and over, you know, uh, calling the sheriff's department and making reports of, oh, hey, I heard something out by my garbage cans. I think it's that lizard people. So you almost wonder if they, they don't, um, in those small-town situations, where the government can come in and say, "Hey, you didn't see anything, you didn't hear anything, you don't talk about this," and and a lot of people, because they they think that the government had, the the air force and stuff has more power than what they really do, they will shut right down and they won't talk about it.
3: Well, they do because have guns they. And planes. I think. They yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they do. Have you seen the? But, planes?
5: but it's not like they're they're going to attack a small town. <laughs>
3: Well, you might want to talk to a few small towns in Afghanistan and ask them about that. They, they might want <laughs> well, i mean, here, here
5: in the United States. <laughs>
3: uh, you know, the, the thing is, Sheetan, when I was t- about 12 years old, I had a very similar experience. I was We stayed at a campground up at Lake Erie every weekend, and we stayed at this little campground, and there was a little beach area where you could swim, and then there was a dock area where the boats would come in, and you were not supposed to swim there because people... You know, had fish there and, you know, there's hooks and you're not supposed to be in there. Right. But, but right. some friends of mine, we we, would, we had a mini trampoline and we would put it at the end of the dock and we'd get a big running start and we'd jump off the trampoline and do flips and stuff like that. And and the water in the dock area was probably about 10, 12 feet deep because they had probably drudged it out in order to get boats in there. But there was a big giant rock that was out about, eh, I don't know, probably 15 yards or something like that. They had been there probably from when the glaciers rolled across Lake Erie. And they had a milk, big orange milk jug painted, tied to it, so boats wouldn't hit it. I mean, it was so big, you could not move. It It was just massive. And and if you stood on it, you'd swim out to it. It'd be about waist deep. And so so it was me and an 8-year-old girl and a 16-year-old boy. They were brother and sister. And the girl had jumped in. She'd swim out to the rock, and she was on the way back. And all of a sudden she started thrashing and screaming when she got close to the dock and, and we didn't know what was wrong with her. And she she gets up there and she's crying. She said something. It grabbed her. Well, her older brother, who's kind of a smarter kind of guy, he kind of teased her about and he figured she'd gotten her foot caught in some old fishing line because people had fished off there it was no big deal. And I didn't think anything either. And so I, you know, I jump off and, and I swim out to the rock. And I'm standing on the rock and all of a sudden I feel this hand grab my ankle. And it's a huge hand, and it goes off. Oh, now, I'm only 12 years old, so my ankle's not very wide. But it, it, it grabs me, and I start screaming and kicking and thrashing because this thing's pulling and and literally just terrified. And, and, the, and you know, the kid on the dock, the 16-year-old, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I'm like, it's got me, it's got me, I'm screaming. And then all of a sudden, it just let go. And I would not leave the dock. I mean, I wouldn't leave the rock. I wouldn't make a swim for it because I wasn't a very strong swimmer back then. And I thought, if I start trying to swim, this thing grabs a hold of my leg in open water. It's pulling me down. At least when I was on the rock, I had, a, you know, I could kick, and I had a fighting chance. So long story short, I stood on that rock for probably 30 minutes until the 16-year-old kid jumped in, swam out. And he was on the swim team, so he was a good swimmer. And he swam with me on the way back where he was really close to me. And, you know, <clears throat> I told my parents about it, and they just, they were probably drunk. But nobody—I mean, nobody made a big deal of did it. The Air was, Force show up? No, the I they did not. Did not the Coast Guard? The Coast Guard? No. So, but but we didn't run around telling people these things back then. You know, what I mean, it was. But I will tell you this much: it's the last time I've ever swam in Lake Erie. <laughs> I, I, I will not go in Lake Erie. I, I mean, and it was a funny thing was then because you know in the beach area where we could go swim, I'd never go in. That was it. I was done. Never went in again. I'm not saying it was a lizard man. But I will tell you this much: it. I remember seeing this story that you were telling on on Monsters and Mystery or something like that, and I thought, my gosh, that's very kind of similar, you know. It, and it not only grabbed me, but it grabbed the girl. So right. I to this day I don't know what it was. But it was yeah, a hand. so
5: exactly, and so and that's what you know. That was what uh, was reported by Miss um, uh, Johnson was that she she had been sitting on an inner tube. And she was within, she was within the shoreline because uh, she was talking to her kids and everything. And all of a sudden this creature reaches up and grabs her leg and starts pulling her under. And it's only the fact that she had her arms wrapped around the inner tube that it wasn't pulling her completely under. But then once, once she was able to get free and she got back up onto the beach with the help of her, her friend and her kids. And then they noticed that she had this hand shaped impression uh bruise around her her leg coming up to her knee she had scratches but she also had this this substance on her leg uh that they couldn't wash off and she said that what she could feel was this furry maybe algae covered scaly palm uh with claws grabbing her legs and uh, it just was not going to let go. Now, the, this residue that it left on her leg was like a green, and they couldn't get it off. And they couldn't, uh, she even went to the doctors and they said that all they could, you know, estimate was it had come from, uh, like a, a mucky residue from the bottom of the river.
3: Did, didn't they find similar, like algae or something in the like in, a, in an underwater cave?
5: <laughs> well yeah. Yeah, and they, and they said that that was the only place that it came. The substrate, this material that was now uh, uh smeared onto her leg and they couldn't wash it off. Um they said that it it was uh it was coming from like the substrate of the river and like underwater caverns um, that were in the river. So whatever this creature was that grabbed her now I can I can tell you that if if it had been a snapping turtle that had grabbed her leg like that, her leg would be broken. Oh, yeah. Um, because a snapping turtle just doesn't like wrap itself around your leg and hold on. They snap down. That's why they're called snapping turtles. They snap down with such a force that a full grown snapping turtle with with a head that's about the size of of, you know, two hands put together that can break quite a sizable, uh, tree branch or, you know, body part. Um, that's what their, their jaws are made for is snapping things in half. And, you know, you're thinking a normal sized woman, um, let's say she's, you know, 150 pounds, her leg uh, is probably going to be only about what, five, six inches thick. That's, yeah, that's that. easily, you know, and, it, but the, the skin wasn't broken. She just had, she had scratches and scrapes, um, but it wasn't broken and the skin wasn't torn open. So, um, to me, that means that it was a hand that grabbed her, not a mouth of something. Um, particular, I mean, we know that, uh, in Southern Ohio, there's been reports of alligators, crocodiles in the waterways. But if a if a, a crocodilian had done that uh it would it would definitely bite the leg off well and or you know
3: i mean look from my experience and and the woman's experience in this we've all had somebody grab our leg and pull we we know what that sensation feels like we know what a hand feels like and and we've always and, and everybody's played with their dog and got nipped and and whatever you know the difference between teeth and you know the difference between a grip yep and so uh in her situation, nobody believed that a snapping turtle or or, or anything else had bit her. That it was right. A, and, and
5: so but there's there's people out there who will say, "Oh, it was just a, it was just a turtle or or an alligator or something." No, because it would have been a much different uh, injury done to her if if either one of those animals had had done the attack. So, you know, she is she very, very adamantly claimed that it was a hand that grabbed her leg under the water. And for the for the injuries and the, the evidence that was left after, after the attack, I, I go with, you know, it, it was something that, you know, was able to swim under the water and had hands and claws, um, but not a turtle or, or a fish species or a crocodilian.
3: Well, in, in addition to that, it was something that lived— and dwelled down deep where these caves were, where the residue came from. Where the residue came from. Yeah. that's the that was the, a compelling part of that story. So, so the interesting thing about about the lizard man is that it's it's bipedal. It has hands. It it, it, it doesn't have. Um, I don't know how to say it, but 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 it, it has humanoid yeah, features. Most, most lizards are running around on four, right. and, and four so, legs. Yeah. But but the interesting tail. thing is that so so this is this issue comes up when somebody says, "Well, was it like the creature from the Black Lagoon? You know, a gill man." Well, the creature from the Black Lagoon didn't have a tail. So the question is, the lizard man of South Carolina that had a tail. It had a tail, yeah. or unless I'm completely out of no, out I think it man. had. To, I think.
5: I'm, I'm pretty
3: sure it had a tail, yes. So so that gives us an entirely different perspective is that, okay, you have something that, that's, that has humanoid features. You know, how many, like, I think the question is, how many species of amphibious creatures are bipedal?
2: Not very many. Although I have, do you, you remember the Gill monster with the Oh yeah, Run yeah, us. yeah, yeah. So okay, so
3: so so Run from back yeah. legs. This. So from a kinesiology standpoint, from a kinesiology standpoint, there are some small amphibious lizard-type creatures that can do that. But the question then becomes: if we go back into the you know into the period of the dinosaur sixty five million years ago we
5: do have one. Actually oh. we have several.
3: Okay, well, here we go that's but, why you're on the show. So those three sit around here talking nonsense.
5: <laughs> so let still so going to talk
3: nonsense. Let's not
5: the, the species that we're looking at for for those you know exact characteristics would have been a dinosaur called the truodont. Now, it was estimated by Dale Russell of the National Museum of Canada that if the Trudant had continued evolving and was given enough time that eventually, with the size of the brain that they had during their, their existence in their prime, um, they would have ended up being a lizard humanoid. With a... Yes, and the tail, the t- their tail would have shortened, but they had they had three fingered claws. They were already upright, walking. They were the most intelligent dinosaur species of their time period because they had one of the biggest brain to skulls uh, to body ratio that we've ever found on Earth. So these creatures. Ah, uh, the trudants had the ability to become even more sophisticated, and they were they were a lot taller than um, what the the Raptors were. Now, everybody when they hear a Raptor, they think of Jurassic Park and blue and and other uh, uh, velociraptors that were running around. Those are a little bit ambitious. the The actual Velociraptors were only about the size of a turkey. Um, Utah Raptor was a lot bigger, but the Trudont was right there in in the five to six foot range, and it was evolving a bigger brain. A bigger brain means more intelligent thought, means it can learn, and Learn from mistakes, but also problem solve, and that is a, a component of intelligence when you're when you're talking about different animal species. Now, I have personally, I have my dogs and my cats, but I also have one leopard ge- gecko, who's very chilled out and, and laid back. He's a cool little guy. But then I have neon tree dragons, and the tree dragons they are um, they're not very big. They probably weigh about four ounces each. Um, Small little creatures, but they're very intelligent because they will watch you. And they know that if the lid of their cage opens up for any amount of time, they can shoot out and escape. I've learned this (laughs) because I've had to capture said tree dragons and put them back in their tank. Now I know that I have to slide a piece of, of plastic meshing Um, in between the top of their tank and the lid so that I can put their food in in, in, and clean the tank and and, uh, water them. Otherwise, I am chasing lizards all over my office. Um, But these are very tiny little lizards, and their skulls are no bigger than the size of my thumbnail. But they are able to problem solve and learn.
3: Well, the interesting thing about the True don, and and jumping forward a little bit with that, is that when we talk about whether they could have survived, is it my understanding that th- that they would flourish in colder climates, in which normal mm-hmm. dinosaurs could not function, obviously because of the, their cold in the colder climates? But the truodon So could they have survived the ice? Could age? they have survived the ice age? And cool. and that's the I think that's that's an issue.
2: But now now she talks so, back, back to the little lizards that keep getting out. Does yeah. that? How often does do you think about how, how many times do you check that cage or that tank?
5: Oh, I I I see them every day. So what they're saying, they're right what in I'm my saying, office. If
2: you lay down to go to sleep at night, do you think, man, I better check that and make sure that
5: Oh no, asleep. no, because they they um the, the the top of their cage is quite heavy, um, the, the grating. So I know that they can't um, the only time they can escape is if I lift up the lid and I don't have the the plastic meshing um you know slid under so that uh that they can't just uh bolt out of the the top of the cage because they they, um, they like to stay in trees in vines and that's the you know along the top of their their tank they have that so they they've become very skilled at watching and, and but waiting. I
2: think that's the ingenious thing is they want you to think they can't get out unless <laughs> and you're gonna wake up one morning and one of those is gonna be right there in your upper maybe on the bridge of your nose, just staring right at you. <laughs> well
5: well that, that would be that would be very bad for it because uh I have a Siamese cat that, that sleeps with me in two miniature pinchers and they would they would not think anything of taking out the the lizard. And as you rolled over um, the,
2: the the mini pinchers and the cat are all tied, hog tied.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that so so then the question is, did the did that dinosaur su- survive the survive ice
5: But you know, so we do have within the fossil record and geography, we do know that what is now Antarctica there were actually dinosaur species that lived in those areas. And they were able to survive what at the time was a full winter, um, which would eventually become spring before Antarctica moves further um, south. But we do know that this this was a possibility. We do know that um, alligators and crocodiles that are um, in southern Ohio— the reason people know that they are there is because they go out, when they go out ice fishing, they would see these snouts sticking out of the ice. And as long as an alligator or crocodile can breathe, they can shut their, their bodies down. They can slow their heartbeats down to, a, you know, one heartbeat per minute, and they can stay in this very cold, um, you know, climate as long as they can breathe until the warmer weather comes and they unthaw and so well, it is quite it. possible I, it is quite possible. yeah
3: you have the you, you see this this frozen lake or river and you see this this uh, crocodilian or alligator snout sticking out of it and it just they just slow their their heart rate down and they just they're breathing
5: yep
4: I qu- so
3: yeah. I quit I get, I'm out so the
5: <laughs> He's not <going> ice fishing.
3: <laughs> so the big argument would be against this theory is that the Truodon would have went extinct during what is it called the KT extinction or the KT right. event with the asteroid so uh, paleontology truodon 86 million years ago during the Cretaceous period all the way up to about 66 65 million and that's where the fossil record kind of you know it, the interesting thing about that is when you, when you talk to people who say that the KT event did not happen, they say, you know, when we go down and start looking for fossils, why don't we find hundreds of thousands of fossils of dead dinosaurs for that period? There's not. There's well, it
5: depends. It, it does depend on what part of the United States or um, the, the world that you're looking in because um, like here in, in Michigan – it's very disappointing that, you know, most of our fossils are just uh, corals and uh, pods and stuff like that. Because when the glaciers came through, the, the glaciers scraped everything to the south of us. And so that's why you have a lot more fossils of different species in lower southern Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, because that's about where the glaciers kind of stopped with their movement. And so these glaciers scraped out everything and scraped everything off of um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan. So we don't really have the fossil records. We have ancient seabeds, but we don't have that fossil record still intact because of the glacier activity. And depending on what part of the world you're in, if you had lots of glacier activity, then most of the species that would have been living in the waters on the land have been their remains have been scraped to the, to the south of you or in whatever direction that the glaciers were moving. And also for it, it's a very special set of circumstances for fossils to actually form. The creature has to have died and then almost immediately been buried by sediment in order for it to be preserved. Right. And so that, that is why a lot of times we don't have these fossils, um, in the areas that we think that they should because of. I guess natural- my
3: point is that the, 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 the KT event happened just off the Yucatan peninsula in Mexico. There is a lack of, there's a devoid fossil record in Texas, Mexico of thousands of dinosaurs being buried in ash, uh, there does, it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to fit. That so, what I guess what the point I'm trying to make is that the truodon could have survived because different than other dinosaurs. And everybody's seen Jurassic Park. The trudon was different because it, its binocular system had eyes in the front of its head, unlike yeah. other dinosaurs. It had eyes on the side of your head. So when the asteroid hit, and assuming the asteroid, we know the asteroid hit, we know that it happened, and it did change the climate, larger creatures would have died. But because the truodon had the binocular system have front eyes like humans, it was able to pick up the smaller animals that scurried around in the bottom of the forest and stuff like that. So its food source would not have necessarily been eliminated like the other large carnivorous right. dinosaurs at the time. So, and you're talking about a period of time. I mean, we, we measure history in in, in four-year periods. Um, that's how long it got me through high school. That's how long it got me through <laughs> through college. You know what I mean? So, so we as human beings, we, we, our measurement of time is so infinitesimal. When you think about millions of years, millions of years, it's about how long I've been at the post? Oh yes, so so from a Trudon yeah. standpoint, from an evolutionary standpoint, you say okay, you have this thing that's you know three five six feet. It's bipedal. It has eyes in the front of its head like a like a modern human, and its ability to survive in cold temperatures was different than other dinosaurs, and its ability to find food would have been better. Could it have survived? Um, millions of years and through the process of millions of years developed um, into what we see as these lizard men. I, th- I think that's the the yeah. angle that, that Dr. Russell was was trying to postulate that, that this is a this is a theory that, that has some merit in science.
5: And and it does and when you think about cause some of these reports um, come from people who go caving and they see things in the caves. Now, depending on geothermal vents and stuff like that, a cave can either be um, very warm inside and very humid, which is wonderful habitat for any type of amphibian or or lizard, or it can be very cold and and, and, uh, watery, um, which is a better source for food sometimes. So... We know that there are still, you know, these big cave formations out there that people do not know about. They That one that was just found in Vietnam or Thailand um, had gone undiscovered for years. And then they found it and were were astonished at the actual size of the interior of it. Um, These are, you know, these are places that... Humans have not yet gone and conquered, and so there's all kinds of possibilities of this under, underground, subter- you know, subterranean network for creatures to live in that we have no idea that um, that they exist because we don't have any anything else like them on the planet.
3: To bring up a childhood reference, Land of the Lost with the sleestak. Yeah. So are we talking about the original or the wolf? We'll I'm talking about right the original, right? man. Okay. I'm a the classic. Original. All right, okay. You know, Marshall, Will, and Holly, we were on a routine expedition <laughs> to the greatest <laughs> earthquake ever known, Grover. And high across sure. the rapids, they lost their sure. tiny raft. <laughs> falling down a thousand people to the land of the lost. All right. So, oh. so everybody in our generation knows that song. Okay? Oh, my God. They do. And if you say the word sleestack, you I was know exactly say. what we're talking about. So so other than the truodon, which which there there's a scientific well, I'm sold so on that. Uh, uh, I there, mean case closed. There you go. Okay. But other than the truodon expl- explanation, then there's you know, there there are people that, that would make arguments as to why that's not the the best idea. What other explanations do we have for these lizard men or these lizard people other than the evolution of a smarter bipedal dinosaur that could have
5: survived? So we do have, and this, you know, we we found different historical um, depictions Mm. of a lizard-human type hybrid. Um, The Egyptians, uh, the Sumerians, uh, the Mesoamericans, um, Aztecs, um, they had very similar carvings of a, a depiction of a, a half reptilian half human um, type God and the the fact that it's carved into stone means that it took some dedication to create this depiction it wasn't just graffiti that somebody felt oh I'm going to I'm gonna write on the side of this uh, this you know pillar in ancient Egypt um and do graffiti, and, you know, that'll be great. Um, no, we've got, you know, there, there's gods like Sobek um, in Egypt, uh, the NK in Samaria, um, the Maru in the Andes, Quetzalcoatl from the Aztecs. These are all half lizard, half human, you know, creatures. So that, that to me means that these cultures encountered something of this description and had dealings with it. And it might not have been the whole um, length of that civilization's existence. It might have just been one time period, but it made enough of an impact that they not only glorified it, but they decided that they had to create a depiction in its likeness for future generations to see and understand and to know about. So, if it isn't a, a holdover from the time of dinosaurs with the Trudon, we also have the understanding that we do have alien races. I don't think anybody out there will dispute that there is other intelligence out in the universe. We can't just be the only ones. Well, apparently um, our government ways-
3: came out and said that we have off ve- f- offworld vehicles. vehicles not of this world. <laughs> Yep. Through, right. our, through our own admission, we kind yeah. of and, so, and somebody was driving. Somebody it was, was the, driving it, yeah. and, and, and the Air Force <laughs> showed up and said, "Hey, you better shut up about it." Which, which back to that story, always always got me was that it was the Air Force, and the Air Force is the ones that control Wright Patterson Air Force Base and in Roswell, New Mexico. It's the Air Force. It's not the Army. It's not the Navy. It's not the Marines. It wasn't not the, the Air Force
2: Bears. that showed up on the to the Nim, the Nimitz. And said, took all the yeah, took all the information, the radar stuff,
1: and yeah, yeah. Let me chime in. The uh, Air Force is also the ones that's behind the Space Force. It's a division of the Air Force.
3: Space Force is a division of the Air Force. Yes, well, yeah, sir, because, it is. Well, you'd have the pilots. Were right. Like NASA is usually. I mean, I mean, I guess you could have Navy pilots, but yeah. So, so what's interesting about that theory then is sheetan is that. You're talking about ancient civilizations separated by thousands of miles that never had any contact with each other and, and even had even any contact with each other. But they, even they here, depict similar type creatures engaging. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about this, I've seen these pictures. These pictures are not like Native American cave draw- drawings where you show, uh, here's elk, here's buffalo, oh, here's something that looks like Sasquatch. These are depictions right. of this, the people interacting with this thing and this thing is clearly being held out as a superior to them, as if this right. thing possessed either superior power or intellect or engineering skills or something. There, There's a reason why this thing is, it's not, to me, when I look at those pictures, I don't see them making it a historical note. I see them almost celebrating this thing because it is more powerful or it's smarter or it brings something to their civilization that the civilization did not have before. And so they're being, you know, being gracious to this thing. Yeah. It's almost like they're
1: depicted in like, um like the, in the drawings that you can see that this being, whatever it is, is, is held in reverence.
5: Correct. Right. They're, they're, they're glorified. Yes now even even here in the united states, um the the Hopi tribe of Arizona had a long uh, standing legend of lizard people that lived on the uh, west coast the in the, the um, in subterranean cities. So even even in our own country, we have at least one Native American tribe that says, yes, these creatures were here. And, and talks about them in their legends. So um, it's, you know, it's when you, when you take and look at all these, these different reports, all these different civilizations reporting different creatures of these natures, you, and, and they're not just, I mean, with the, with the Native Americans, we know that um, their written language um, is, is very modern. Um, for a long time, it was just a spoken language. Well, the interesting and- thing
3: about that too that that I find about where they find these depictions, they're always in warm, arid regions. You think about it, like like in Latin America where it's hot, Egypt where it's hot, Sumeria and the in the, the you know in the, in the cradles of civilization between the Tigris and the Euphrates and Mesopotamia, it's hot. You know. There, it's hot, but there's always a water source, like the Nile River, the Amazon yeah. River. So it's an arid area where, where you know, and you think about, about lizard or the amphibious things, they like arid regions, but they also like that there be a water source close by. And, and you think about what North America would have been like at, the, at that time in that historical geographic region. It was a forest area. We had winters. We had said it would not have been a prime location if you were a species visiting Earth, and you were going to make contact with ancient civilizations. North America, Ohio, and Michigan would not have been a hospitable area for you to come to, versus. So nothing has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, that's my that's my from a. From a geological standpoint and from a zoological standpoint, when you start looking at things like, well, why wouldn't these, you know, why, do, why doesn't the, you know, the Wyandot Indians have a similar, you know, uh, lizard man type creature in their, in their, re, you know, religious texts? Right. So, like, well, it's real simple. This would not have been an ideal region for something that of that genetic makeup right. to want to come here.
5: But now if you look at what a lot of these different cultures had in common they had source materials like gold like quartz right like right. Yeah. sand um oil things that you know we we use for just ornamental purposes but without knowing what the propulsion or energy systems of a alien craft might use, these, these could have been a high commodity, which leads me to the idea that maybe um, they're coming to earth a lot more than what we realize. And these, these glimpses that people get of uh, what, you know, people are calling UFOs, they probably are UFOs, but Think of think of the Earth as like the intergalactic Seven Eleven. Yeah. We have lots of we have lots of natural resources, uh, with oil, with uh, gemstones, crude oils, uh, water, oxygen. But we also have a plentable food supply, not only with vegetables and fruit, but wildlife and also humans.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Get a hold of David Pilates and tell him that we've got the answer. <laughs> We're a food so, source.
5: you know what? What if these lizard people kind of uh, stake their claim on Earth and are like, "Hey, if you have to, you know, if you're looking for this or that, we have it on Earth, and Come but you on have to go down, through Earl you Shire. have to go through us in order to get it, not through Three hundred.
2: So, so is the thinking that the aliens that are visiting us, they're just naturally appear to us as reptilian type creatures, or?
5: I I think that they might be the, because if they did come here at the time of the dinosaurs and found that, you know, Earth had lots of potential, maybe they did set up shop, and then as humans evolved, they figured, well, we will just keep ourselves kind of hush-hush from the humans, and we still have this whole world to make a profit off of. And we'll just interact with them on, you know, on our terms. But when the greys and, and stuff like that come here, they, they either try to deal with the reptilians to get the, the resources, or they've tried to make contact with the, with the humans that they think are in charge, only to be denied existence. So um, lots of potential there for thought.
2: So, so the whole, I mean, the whole one thought is, is that the reptilians are the ones running, you know, they're behind every government, they're behind, you know, from the subterranean, from the depths, they're, they're running the whole world, you know, all our monetary systems, all the governments, and I mean, how crazy do you get on what you are thinking these things are? and how they've infiltrated the world.
5: I I think that they actually could operate and exist on their own level without humans even knowing. Um, Kind of like the way a hive of bees governs itself around a queen. And yes, we know the beehive's there, but we don't really exist in the beehive. We try to avoid the beehive because we don't want to get stung that could very much be the case of how the lizard people operate um, here on earth yes we know you know we've seen glimpses of them and they very much know that we're here but they try to avoid us so that they can continue on with what they're doing without any repercussions
3: well one of the things you have to you always have to think about is is, is if anything gray's lizard people aliens in general if they're here, then they have created an advanced propulsion system that is beyond our understanding, because the, the to travel interstellar travel is is just impossible. the 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 distance between, I mean, the nearest the nearest star to our sun is what four point three light years away, and so you would have to travel at this one hundred eighty thousand miles per second for four years, which you can't do, according to Einstein, just to get to Alpha Centauri, which would be the closest. So if if these things are from other worlds, then they have figured out a a method of propulsion through some sort of gravity drive where you can bend space-time and you can traverse great distances almost instantaneously. And if there is a species out there that can do that, they most certainly can avoid us on a regular basis on this planet because you think about it. if I have the technology to bend space-time and I can go through one hole and come out the other in space, why couldn't I replicate that on a smaller scale on the planet Earth? Right. I mean, and
5: also and also if you think of a you know, think think of things in today's society. If you're in a car, what are you focused on the vehicles around you? You're not looking up into the sky. You're not looking off down side streets or unless you're looking for, you know, a storefront or something like that, you are paying direct attention in front of you. If you're not in your car, what are you doing? You're either in front of a computer screen or you have your phone in front of your face. There are lots of things that go unnoticed mm-hmm. on a daily basis Um even even in small towns, you know people people are like shocked when suddenly a new restaurant or a store opens. Well, when did that when did that open?
2: Or they're shocked could been, when they find out the guy next to them has thirteen bodies in the basement. Yeah, you know it's like, people when did do not.
5: Happen? You know people you know. are they They are interested in what's in front of their face, and that's about it. And. Anything that is easily explained away, they pay no more attention to.
2: Well, look, nobody even made a big deal about. In was it July or whatever when the Pentagon and the Department of Defense said made that statement about us having off-world vehicles, vehicles, not in this world. Nobody nobody even said
3: anything. I mean, it's like like I made a big deal about it. I did too. But but it was almost like they were nobody. Yeah, but it's almost like they said, hey, listen, why don't we just leak this out during the middle of a pandemic and nobody will even care about it? Because, you know, when you think about it, most people on a daily basis across this world, and I don't care whether you live in the United States or you live in, in Moscow or you live in Kabul, most people get up and their main focus of that day is primary, primal needs, I have to make sure I have a roof over my head. I have to make sure I have food in my stomach. I have to make sure that maybe I have money to pay bills. And we get consumed with that part of our lives. Very few people in this world wake up on a daily basis and are not consumed with primal needs, whether it be food or sex or drugs or whatever. And so... You think about it. We don't focus on trying to come up with explanations. Well, let's let's face
2: that. it. If I said, "Hey, there's a UFO above Columbus," you're gonna say, "What are you gonna say?" Let's go down and see. You're gonna say, "Well, okay, they'll take care of it." You know, somebody. Yeah, will, yeah, somebody yeah. I mean, be, what are we gonna do? call the Air Force? What are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna call it. Well, the well, Air Force is probably. Well, we're right. gonna go
1: investigate. Yeah. This. How, how right many people?
5: <laughs> how many people would notice if suddenly a second moon appeared?
3: Yeah. how That's how, we, how, how the long the would it take society
5: how, yeah how, how long would it take people as a as a, a civilization to realize wait I thought we only had one moon now we have two How, how long would it take for people collectively to realize that and be like uh, what's going on this, this isn't normal it would probably take at least six months. And then you would have people trying to. Then you would have people saying, "Oh, it's a hoax. It's something, you know." And so, when does that real understanding happen? Of oh crap, this is this is actual. You know, this has actually happened. This is real.
3: So I think from 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 a empirical standpoint, the thing that was in South Carolina that chased the boy that 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 was an aggressive predatory does not sound like the same creature that would be depicted. depicted. Yeah. So I think we're talking about two different types of yep. of creatures. And but the one thing that, that that sticks out, and the reason why we have these podcasts is there is eyewitness act there's eyewitness accounts that these things exist. Yeah. And so yep. When yep. you talk about, and, and that's and, and why we came up with the name, and Jason and, and, and Grover and I, we sat around and we were trying to figure out what are we going to call our podcast, and we came up with some, some pretty silly stuff, and we settled on <laughs> From the Shadows because that really is the perfect name for what we're doing. We're trying to bring light from things that lurk in the shadows that people may or may not believe exist. And in, and we give we bring on people like Shatan here to say okay let's shine some light into these shadows we know we know there's eyewitness accounts we know there's physical evidence we know there's historical evidence mm-hmm. what are these things what are they doing here how can we explain what they are and fortunately there's a lot of people out there that are like minded that want to hear these things and and we're giving them the form by which to uh, yeah can, to listen how can you just well, I mean, you can't dispute the historical, you know. The no, carvings, it is what it is. The carvings, the carvings, you carvings are what
2: they the, are. The, the di- that that particular dinosaur roamed the earth and had the potential to become more humanoid oh, over 50, 60 million years. Yeah, and you can't dispute the fact that our own government says we've got UFOs. Yeah. Okay, so where in, in this big soup of all that stuff, where does that where We're, does that leave us? I mean, you can't you can't really say well, that couldn't happen or
3: that couldn't happen because there's just way too much. There's way too much evidence to say that the the kid from South Carolina made it up that it was a hoax. There's way too much evidence. There's way too much evidence in the historical, uh, you know, records of these different, you know, ancient civilizations to say, look, something was going on here, okay? And then we know that the government has basically, you know, admitted that there's that there's UFOs after hiding that fact after hiding that fact for 60 or 70 60, years. 70 years. Yeah. Yes. So, so we know there's something out there. We know what it. We know. So what is it? So and that's a very us, good question. What so is the question it? is now that you're on here and you're the expert, what do you think it is?
5: Well, I mean, those are all very good questions and we don't quite have the answers to them yet. I think honestly, that it's a hybrid of the two. That at some point in our ancient history, these alien races did come here. And if there was a surviving population of the Trudants, they found those more compatible as breeding material than the human civilization that was present. So they kind of started cultivating their own and have since, you know, probably developed their own unique uh, race here on Earth that probably has more wealth and materials than what we will ever scrape off the surface. Um, Because they've probably figured out a way with their ancient technology to get down into these, you know, gold deposits, these oil deposits, diamond fields, and just, you know, make a a uh, fortune out of it. Delivered and the crystals. could be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, could, be. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could
1: be, yeah, could be, you like, know, that's there, gold there, could there's, there's, yeah.
5: there, there, there's probably there's probably minerals and gemstones that we don't even know about that are way under the Earth's surfaces in different areas that um, we will probably never have access to, but they do exist here on Earth. And until they are exposed, who knows uh, what kind of potential they have?
3: Right. What practical application they would have for engineering?
5: Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. There, there could. There could be, you know, uh, you know, quartz type diamond like uh, gems that are, um, you know, could be used for energy yeah. underneath the the Earth's surface at some point. But until we discover them, they are left up to imagination. And but when they do get it, you know, discovered suddenly it's it's the greatest thing on Earth and everybody has to have it.
1: Well, there's been work with the gyms where they uh, use them to help uh, change frequencies or to uh, maintain frequencies that they can't normally do uh, without the, uh, I don't know what it is, but it's something about the, uh, the structural integrity of the gym itself. Or maybe it's the cellular structure, but they're allowed to run frequencies through it, and they can maintain frequencies that they can't do without that particular um, right. Jim that that's that's common knowledge
2: you know and here here's the human race just going around making jewelry out of
1: the stuff and these guys have they mastered uh, interstellar yeah. travel yeah right yeah well that's why I always say never shy away from what's lurking in the shadows I gotta be honest with you I don't <laughs> I don't find it could of, be
2: Jerry yeah it, it could, could be, be Jerry <laughs> I don't really nothing that we've talked about in this episode is anything I
3: really want to go find I gotta be honest <laughs> uh, no, no, no I, 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 feel different about that. Well, Jason, I hope you get attacked by a lizard man. Yeah.
1: I wish you yes. the deepest. Knowledge. If I bring one back, and, hey, if, uh, bring if back I bring one lizard... back in cuffs, then what you going to do? I got to be You're getting raised.
3: You get raised. You will. You will now be Jason Super deducer, and you will get all the Patreon money. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, well,
2: Shitan. Before
3: we uh, um,
2: end this episode. I want to give you a chance to let everybody know where they can find uh, your podcast, find your books, you know, what your, your social media, your social
1: media, how they can get sure. in contact with you, everything.
2: Yeah. And then, and before I do that, though, I want to shamelessly plug probably the best work of fiction about the lizard man. It's from the Shadows, Volume Two: Rise of the Lizard Man. There that is, is true. There it is. By is
1: true.
5: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: yes yes it's yeah. it's it's basically uh, I I stole blatantly from the uh, the little boy that uh, was attacked by the lizard man the basis
3: of he shamelessly did it shamelessly I showed no shame so.
2: there
1: you have it folks
3: make sure you uh, pick up volume of the from the shadows books <laughs> and let's go find out where we can find she Tan's yes. materials yes.
5: Okay, so on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, pretty much all the social media is under Shetan Noir, S-H-E-T-A-N-N-O-I-R. Go ahead and send me a friend uh, request. On Facebook, I have uh, two groups that I run for the for. Um, cryptids, and paranormal. Um, the first is uh, the Michigan chapter of the North American Dog Man project uh feel free to uh send a request and uh i'll let you in and then the great lake center for unexplained events and phenomenon and that is kind of where i post all the stuff that isn't dogman related um i also let people post their podcast episodes and stuff like that on there Uh, book wise you can find my books on amazon of course um just type in my name it'll bring up the uh cryptid books that I've written. Um, There is Mothman and Other Creatures of the Midwest. There is Lake Monsters and Odd Creatures of the Great Lakes. And then there is the first book in my children's book series that is The Marvelous Misadventures of Tegan Gray uh, where Tegan uh, meets Bigfoot. Uh, He crashes her tea party and then her and her friends uh, try to track him down to find out what his issue is and why he crashed their tea party uh so you can find those books on there uh i do write various articles for um different sites so i usually keep those uh post those on my uh, facebook page and so you can check that out um i also have a website um just type in chatan noir and it'll uh my website Yes. Oh, and I also teach, I also teach uh, two courses, or well, um, I teach at two different community colleges. Uh, Owens Community College, we will be zo- doing Zoom sessions in February and March. Uh, the two courses offered there are uh, the Paranormal History of the Great Lakes. That's the first session. And then the second session is Cryptozoology of North America. Um, And then I also nice. I love it.
3: This
5: this session we're going to offer uh, the spring sessions are being offered when the winter spring sessions for Owens Community College are offered through Zoom, and then here in Michigan uh, at Kellogg Community College, I will be teaching both in Battle Creek and Hastings Community uh, Campuses um, the folklore and legend of the Great Lakes, which is basically the same as the paranormal history of the Great Lakes. Um, it's just condensed down into a three-week course versus a four.
3: If you ever need an adjunct professor or a visiting professor to come in to tell some stuff, look me up.
5: Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, but make sure you have at least three hours for the session. Hey, listen, once I get uh, started, you're at the mercy of my own clock. I'm not sure. <laughs>
2: well, Sheetan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was a great, great subject that we like. I said. Look, we've, it yeah. superb. Superb. look it up, superb, superb. Go down that rabbit hole because let yes. me tell you, let me tell you, the uh, you start looking at the reptilian side of
3: it. Oh, it's a, oh my goodness. And I know, in, and in fairness to Sheetan, we didn't give her, yep. you know, we didn't give her near enough time to, to go into all the different theories and things like that. But the great thing about this show is is, is we give you a taste of it, and it's it, to go out and search for it on your own. Yep. You'll you'll find tons of reading material. And uh, I warn you, you go down the rabbit hole, uh-huh. you'll start thinking. Is... You'll get your tinfoil hat on. You will start thinking, man, am I really crazy, or is this stuff real? <laughs> and it, it it it's a it's a neat, it's a neat subject matter because there's an awful lot of just information out there that you just say this can't be just coincidence. It just can't be. And it's very just, enlightening. That's for it sure. Is, yeah. It's it's
2: somewhat unnerving. Yeah. Well, everybody, go check out uh, Sheetan's, uh Stuff on the internet and, and our so, social media. And, uh, and if you do go start going down the rabbit hole, contact her, don't contact us.
3: But, <laughs> but hey, if, if anybody out there has a good uh, lizard people, lizard man story, yeah. you know, reach out to us and let us know, and we'd love to have you on. Or if you are a lizard man or a reptilian, <laughs> again, better yet, because I got already tell you, Jason's gonna get you. Yes, by all means, contact the show. So. Indeed. Now, if we so. get a call from the Air Force to tell us do not air this episode, we're gonna we're gonna know things. <laughs> <up>. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, thanks,
3: Shitan. Awesome. Thank you. Take care.
5: Oh, no problem.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>